0: most important. Every
1: moment, I think we're all from a business perspective thinking about the impact
0: that the virus is having across the country. Bloomberg Business of Sports
2: from Bloomberg Radio. Hello, I'm Jason Kelly.
0: I'm Michael Barr, And I'm Mike Lynch.
2: And we're here Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays with you to explore the big money issues in the world of sports. Talk to some of the biggest players in the industry today. We are delighted to have with us <laughs> T.J. Atashola He is the head of U.S. Sports Partnership's at Twitter. TJ, really good to have you with us. I have to say, when I first learned about you and this job, this sounds like a pretty cool job. I'm not going to lie. Tell us what it entails.
1: <laughs> uh, gentlemen, I <sighs> often I often pinch myself. I look in the mirror and say, do you really get paid to, to do this? <laughs> um, but it, it's a lot of work. My, my, I was joking with you all before we started. I'm of Nigerian descent. So my father, he's he watches CNN all day, every day. He watches news all day, every day. And he is often like, I saw tweets out in the news. Like, Are you still tweeting for money? Do you tweet for money? And I'm like, that. <laughs> I, I actually, tweet, I actually, I don't tweet for money. Uh, but what I do is pretty cool, right? My, my, my job is essentially the GM of our sports business at Twitter. And my team is small but mighty, but we work across the U.S. to service rights holders, whether it's leagues, teams, Broadcast partners, and of course, you've got fringe properties now, like the Players Tribunes or athletes who have developed platforms. You all know the the Spring Hill folks very well, and Kevin Durant's group, and 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 um, even even Steph Curry and what they've got going on with unanimous. So, our our work is pretty is is pretty simple. It falls within four buckets. One is distribution. Twitter has millions upon millions of users. How can these publishers, how can these rights holders leverage Twitter to to really reach people to drive distribution? Two and one that will not come as a surprise to you guys is monetization. Yo, TJ, we pour a ton of resources and using your platform three hundred and sixty five days out of the year. How can we make money off of the investment that we're placing into your platform, which is a a real a, a real question uh, and one that that is certainly within their right to ask. And then innovation, what kind of cool can we do together? And we've got a a few examples of that uh, that we can talk about a bit later. And then lastly, support, such and such can no longer access their account or we rolled out a new product, how can we use that, right? Just day-to-day support. So I would say those are the four pillars, distribution, monetization, innovation, and support that we help people with, man, And, and, and that ranges from putting tweets on confetti at the Super Bowl as soon as Patrick Mahomes hoisted up the trophy to um, working with Spring Hill and Uninterrupted to, to create a custom emoji for their graduate together initiative, man. It spans a really broad gamut, which is why I love what I do and my team does too. Maybe
0: that broad gamut is is what is so important to you guys because COVID-19 has pinned everybody's ears back and in general. How do you guys deal with it, and how is the sports revenue for Twitter going through all
1: of this? I'm not going to lie. I woke up with a little pep in my step this morning, fellas, because this marks the first time since since the pandemic that I've not only talked about sports, but I've talked about live sports like we have live sports to discuss finally we've got nba we've got nhl we've got mlb we've got mls we've got PJ tour it's, it's it's back and it feels like we're gaining some semblance of normalcy so to no surprise gentlemen my job hits way different when i've got box scores to talk about <laughs> right? right so uh that has been that has been an, an absolute an absolute awesome, awesome thing over the past few days. and to your your question, the latter question about the business. I mean when when you've got when you've got live sports, uh, it makes it much easier to have those discussions with marketers and with brands who are trying to break through. Our value proposition to me is one of the best in the sports landscape. When things are happening in real time, particularly sports, sports is inherently live. When sports are occurring in real time, people come to Twitter to talk about it. Our, our ethos is pretty simple. If it's happening, it's happening on Twitter. That's where the live conversation unfolds. So it's been, it's been pretty awesome because we've seen all types of surges in usage around sports since the return of sports has come upon us. And it's created really cool and innovative opportunities for marketers to, to come alongside the ride. Like we, we say that, Historically, we've been this this virtual sports bar where Jason can pull up a seat and Mike can pull up a seat and TJ can pull up a seat, all within our respective homes and tweet about a game as if we're together collectively. Uh, now, uh, our role is transitioned from that that virtual sports bar to to being the roar of the stadium. Fans will not be in stadiums or arenas, at least for for any time for any time in the near future we become that stadium, Twitter, the timeline becomes the roar. That's where you hear people talk about LeBron having a stop against PG and Kawhi Leonard against the Clippers, right? That's where you hear people obsess about Aaron judge being the beast that he is, right? Uh, the, judging last. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So the timeline is where these discussions occur and, that's what brands want. Brands want to break through. They want to have a front-row seat to all the amazing com- conversations around sports. And they realize that sports fans on Twitter, they're different. They're hyper-engaged. We had, there's a stat that just 69% of sports fans use Twitter at least once a day. Slightly under 50% of them use Twitter multiple times a day. Uh, and that is, is, a, is a trend that we saw that existed even when live sports didn't exist. Uh, at least the way that we're accustomed to. So sports fans are hungry, and they are hyperactive and engaged on Twitter, which which marketers love. TJ, how did Twitter make the leap from basically a chat room to a partner with live programming from so many major sports leagues? Who reached out first? Uh, So... uh Jack Dorsey, our CEO, he is—he's uh, an avid sports fan, and I ask him all the time. I'm like, man, do you, how did you? Did you know that this thing would turn into what it is? And he quite simply says, man, all we did was create a tool, and the people—the people—allowed for the amazing, creative ways that the, the platform is used today to unfold. And and we see that a lot with sports. But I'll tell you. Our sports business has been around at least since 2012-2013, but there was a very specific inflection point. Uh, And this this will come as no surprise to y'all. In the fall of 2016, I woke up one day. As a Twitter employee on the sports team, I woke up one day and I read a headline that said, NFL to stream live Thursday night football on Twitter. I'm a Twitter employee on the sports team. (laughs) And it was news (laughs) to me in the morning. And that was at the time where we had Anthony Noto, um, who is an absolute boss and just an amazing mentor of of mine to this day. Uh, He used to work at the NFL. And that was something that was passionate to him. And our live business was essentially created overnight. And our product team, our finance team, our partnerships team, our sales team had to rally right because we had we had a finite amount of time to deliver a live product and to deliver it in a way that fans would love. And I'll tell you, gentlemen, as soon as we we made that announcement, um, that was a major transitive moment for us as a collective group because now you're having conversations around. Rights and licensing, and, and and live content and monetization to uh, to a much larger degree. And as you all know, the the cord cutter conversation uh, was very prominent and continues to be prominent. But we 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 occupied a different space in the industry once that announcement was made and it's made my job uh, super fun it's turned me into a lawyer slash negotiator slash uh content uh strategist all of the above and and i couldn't be more thankful for that
2: so tj we've talked about the relationship between twitter and the leagues and twitter and and sports and teams Talk to me about the relationship between Twitter and athletes, because I feel like that's even more important, even more prominent, uh, given what we collectively as a nation have been wrestling with over the past few months. You have seen athletes take to Twitter, which is not new, uh, them being vocal on Twitter, but maybe what they're saying and how they're saying it has been different. Talk to us about that relationship and, and how it has evolved.
1: Yeah, one of you know, the, I, I grew up an avid sports fan, and you know, I, I had hoop dreams until I started missing a lot of left-handed layups in eighth grade. <laughs> I realized that uh, that I probably wasn't going to play sports at a professional level, but uh, I also understood that there would be an opportunity to work within the business of sports, and as uh, as as uh, a black male. Um, that representation was really, really interesting to me because when I thought of the business of sports, I didn't think of anybody who who looked like me, right? And I didn't see anybody who looked like me per se. So um, as as my career has kind of evolved, one of the priorities that has continued to be front of mind is how can I equip young men, young women, uh, particularly young men and women of color, to use this tool in a way that can positively impact their lives. Gentlemen, you, you you all have seen it over the years like social media um, is a is very powerful. Twitter specifically is a really really powerful tool within a few keystrokes you can reach the world. and if you delete it a minute later, that's a minute too late, right? So for us, um we we I have a head of uh, we have a head of talent who sits in Los Angeles and name is Brittany Cranston. and we routinely meet and uh, work across teams, work across leagues, work across sports properties to sit and talk with the players, to sit and talk with the guys. Like, yes, Twitter gives me a check every two weeks, but my intention is not to say, "Hey, ex-player. Can you tweet every day? No. My, my, My intent is to support these players in the best way possible. And what we've seen, particularly over the pandemic, is just this really beautiful understanding of the power that exists with each of these players' platforms. Think about a week or two ago, right, like Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, J.J. Watt, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, they all take to Twitter using the hashtag, we want to play. And their message was very simple, fellas. It was, hey, we want to play, but we should be sure that we're safe. We need to understand what the protocol looks like for us to show up on a day-to-day basis. We have families. We need to know... And we need to rest assured that the the strategies that are in place will keep us safe. And they simply leveraged the hashtag and put to uh, this powerful platform we call Twitter and within a few days changes were made. Um, so we see these types of stories time after time after time and uh, it makes me feel good knowing that the role of our group uh, is, is 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 vital and that's equipping. Equipping these folks with huge platforms, with the tools to use it in really impactful ways, and uh, we've seen we've seen a, a ton of that. LeBron James being one, Serena Williams being another, J. J. Watt being a great example, Richard Sherman. There's so many examples of of folks who understand the power of their platform and the power of Twitter to amplify that platform. That's that's where I get a lot of excitement, man. Um, knowing that we can equip people
0: to, to, to drive change. I was talking to my son and uh, he'll be Uh 30 in about a couple of months. And we just got to talking about sports and he said, yeah, dad, listen, it's a young man's game. And of course, after I told him, now you need to shut the hell up. (laughs) I realized he's right. And and I bring it up because you were named um, in the sports business journal, 40 under 40, 40 executives under the age of 40. It, this is a young man's game now.
1: Are you calling me young? My man. My man. My man. I'm going to send you the check after
0: this call. Appreciate it. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, I, if you can expand on that about uh, what it means when you're 40 and under, you bring uh, a different vision to the business platform. Can you expand on that?
1: Yeah. I- man I uh, some of my fondest memories were when I was an intern at ESPN and I would uh, I would walk around campus and I would plop into the offices of people like like Rob King and, and at the time Keith Quin scales and James Brown and Wendell Scott these were these were people of color who kept their door open and allowed me to just sit and be a nerd uh, and ask, dumb questions which I, which I certainly asked but they were patient and they allowed me to see what it looked like to be a, a leader um, so it's important for me to pay that forward so I routinely uh, talk with students who are members of NABJ or local high schools NABJ National Association of, of Black Journalists and um, it's a priority for me so when they're often like how do we become the head of sports at Twitter and I'm like yo My job didn't exist five years ago. Like, this did not exist. And so there wasn't a blueprint to getting here. What I knew is that I loved sports. I wanted to be uh, a a voice within the, the business of sports, and it required me to be nimble. It required me to be a nerd and to understand what opportunities existed in the marketplace. And then birds start flying around, and everybody's like, yo, you know about this Twitter bird thing? And um, <laughs> I got a job here and it turned into a really, really awesome job. But um, what's really clear to me is that uh, I sit in a role that is evolving each and every day, and I'm uniquely positioned within within the, the marketplace. I, I kind of get to be Switzerland. I get to work with the NBA and the NFL, with ESPN and Fox Sports. Uh, and they rely on our consult. They rely on our expertise to ensure that they're reaching new audiences, young audiences, um, and, and, and doing things in an innovative and disruptive way. So, yeah, I, uh, the star of the line for me and, and the foot, uh, it's pretty cool. It's, um, it's interesting to see, like, Twitter alongside the ESPNs and the NBA, some of the endemic sports brands that you think of on that 40 on the 40 list. It's uh, it's been it's been it's been pretty special. Uh, in reading Bob Iger's book, one of the quotes that that really stood out to me, the book, The Ride of a Lifetime, is: "If you're in the business of making something, be in the business of making something great." And that's the mentality we approach Twitter Sports with each and every day. What kind of cool things can we do? How can we make Twitter Sports uh, elevate our, our our partner properties, particularly around this? this return of sports and, and that's our that's our that's our objective each and, and every day man. So it, it's awesome to see the, the industry take note and it's all, also great quite honestly to be to be uh black and knowing that future interns, future graduates can see like, oh, you know the other sports are Twitter. He, he looks like one of us. And if you shoot him an email or a DM, he's probably gonna respond to you, man. That's that's really important to me, man, and I I'm really thankful about that. T.J., is it possible to measure the impact that Twitter has had on the current and recent social awareness uh, campaign that is going on in the world right now? I, I'll tell you, man, if, if, if I could quantify that, I would be asking for a raise like today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's clear that we've played a massive, massive role in this broader awareness of, 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 of social equality, of 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 racial injustices. I mean, we we have agents reach out to us on a day-to-day basis. We have players reach out to us. Hey, what do you think about this copy? What do you think about that? Do you think this will resonate well? So people are being thoughtful and intentional around it. I mean, I uh, <laughs> Jack reached out to a, a group of us on Twitter and was like, you know what? Juneteenth needs to be a holiday. And it became a holiday. And there was conversation around that on Twitter. But what you started to see was athletes tweet about Juneteenth, like awareness has been raised collectively across the board. And and you think about what's happening in the NBA bubble right now. Um, there, are, there are guys who, before they answer a question, they'll say, um, we want to see justice for Breonna Taylor. It's one of the reasons why I really applaud Cassie over at the WNBA and the folks at the NWSL. Uh, specifically, I got to give a shout out to to, to women's sports leagues and, and women's athletes. They've been carrying this 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 crown for a long time. They've been on the forefront of social justice and awareness before it became a global discussion, before it became a thing that everybody kind of did in a performative way. I mean you think about Amaya Moore who um, has has legitimately sacrificed what she loves. Oops to ensure that she finds justice for someone that is near and dear to, to her heart. Um, and that conversation unfolds on Twitter. So we um, we realize that, that athletes know the power of the platform. What we've got to do is just continue to be intentional about making sure that they know they have a resource here at, at, at Twitter. Um, know that if, if you need to have a conversation about something that you plan to to publish, we're here to help. We're here to offer support. We're here to offer counsel. But to your question, it's really, really clear that we're playing a massive role in this process. I mean, think about uh, a few a few weeks back when a, a group of young NFL athletes took to social and said, "Black Lives Matter." Immediately after, Roger Goodell made a statement: "Gentlemen, you all have been working in sports for a long time. as I uh, I've never seen anything like that. I've never seen uh, a group of young athletes galvanized to the extent that a commissioner of a league had to publicly address it and address it in a way that co-signed the players. I mean, that that was a really powerful movement, and it was amazing to see that on Twitter. So. That's uh, Glenn. I've been. I've, I've done a lot of great. Uh, my team has done a lot of great stuff on the revenue front, the, the 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 monetization front, the building of the business. But when I see those types of moments, man, it really warms my heart.
2: And so, TJ, as we wrap up the conversation, I, I did want to ask you. I mean, with great power comes great responsibility. And I do feel like the whole conversation has been elevated and widened in in ways that you just described very well. What's the responsibility and what role does Twitter have, and especially in the world of sports, to ensure accuracy, civility, you know, all of the things that are important to continuing a productive discussion here?
1: Yeah, I uh it's a fantastic question and um it it becomes it, it it's it's consistently been the top priority for us uh across multiple business functions at Twitter. How do we make Twitter the safest place possible? Um there are there are folks who unfortunately sit in their grandma's basement with no image or no name associated with their profile and they get bold sometimes with their Twitter fingers, and uh, and, and, and and in some instances, uh, the, the the dialogue that they attempt to spark uh, may may not be may not be a conversation that we're proud of. We have to act quick, and our support team has certainly um, galvanized around these types of priorities and and and, and made sure that. If we send a note like, hey, such and such is doing such and such, they act in a very quick and sweeping fashion. But we've got to be quicker. Jack has tasked all of us across the board uh, to ensure that we serve the customers on our platform and we ensure that Twitter becomes a a safe space. Conversely, um, I truly feel a responsibility, as does my team, to ensure that we have that conversation with with, with athletes, leagues, and all the other folks that we work with. Um, you have a big platform, and with that platform comes a ton of responsibility. Uh, we want to make sure that you're equipped with the tools to know how to use our platform and to do it in, in, in really thoughtful ways. And uh, we're enthused that that conversation has been well-received internally as well as externally. We also know fellas we got a whole lot of work to go um you know there are certain things that exist in humanity that we can't cure like right we we're not going to cure world hunger overnight which um likely means there are things that are that exist on our platform that we may never cure overnight but we don't work our hardest to ensure that we put our best foot forward to, to 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 remedy some of uh, of those things, um, I'd also say that um, one of the things that we we also want to do is while we talk about social justice and while we ensure that that conversation, social responsibility is at the forefront, we need to have some some delight moments in the timeline too. Like we need to make sure that people come to the timeline and laugh and and, and, and smile. Um, so at, during the the, the the NBA tip off we, we launched this initiative called Courtside Tweets, right? Mm-hmm. Fans can't sit courtside on ain't no courtside tweets anymore. You're not you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to flex with your new your new Jays on. However, if if you have a tweet that resonates, our social and marketing team worked collectively with us to showcase those images right on the court. In, in the bubble and it was pretty awesome because the NBA sent us videos of, of players actually reading tweets about them and we right. published them from from Twitter sports so it it, it of course our tweets turned into a thing and then we've got this initiative with the NBA called tap to cheer where if you leverage hashtags on Twitter it turns into a, a, an audible cheer in the arena so while we know we 've got this heavy, heavy responsibility to to serve as fans to serve as athletes to serve as publishers and in, in a meaningful way, we also realize that we have responsibility to just do cool stuff to make people smile to make people enjoy their their experience when they they hop into that 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 app called Twitter right.
2: This has been a delightful conversation for us. I think I can speak on behalf of the team. We really appreciate it t j Adishola, he is the head of u s sports Partnerships. At Twitter, and as Michael Barr pointed out, forty under forty by Sports Business Journal earlier uh, this year. And what's funny is if you check out that story and you just look at the picture, TJ, it's a great picture. Like I feel like it <laughs> captured. Just having gotten to know you over the last half hour, it feels like it captures you pretty well. You you are a guy who clearly has a lot of joy.
1: I, well, I appreciate that, fellas. Anytime I need to pick me up, is it cool if I if I hit y'all cell phone if I get a little? Oh yeah, little absolutely.
2: Thing. Absolutely.
1: One one thing I, I want to – I'm into this idea of giving people flowers while you can. Um, there are a lot of podcasts around, as you all know, and a lot of them talk about wins and losses and how many points per game a person has. The importance of what you guys are doing, the importance of your platform is so impactful. As as a person who is just generally a sports nerd, it's rare that you get the insight of the actual business of sports. I, I listened to the Rich Paul one, the LeBron one, the Kathy one, and you guys are, are talking about sports from a completely different lens, from a completely different vantage point. I had a conversation with Jalen Brown a few weeks back. He's talking about deal flow. And the the juxtaposition of tech and sport, those are things that you all talk about on a day-to-day basis. So I know you know this, but keep doing the great work. It's important, and all of us are, are collectively better
2: because of this platform. So thank you. Well, we appreciate thank that. You. Thank you so much. TJ Adishola, thank you so much for your time. You can catch our podcast right here every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I'm Jason Kelly on Twitter. Find me at Jason Kelly News.
0: And I'm Michael Barr, full of Geritol.
2: I'm at Big Bar Sports <laughs> on Twitter. And well said, TJ. Enjoy that conversation. I'm Mike Lynch. You can find me at Lynch EWCVB. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio around the world.